Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, broadcasting once again from a new undisclosed location, deep behind enemy lines, in sunny, beautiful, overcrowded, and overpriced high season Puerto Vallarta. And back with me, as usual, looking nice and cold and pale and depressed. <laughs> Just kidding about that last part. Is Justin Hill, Billy Boy Campbell. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing too much. I, I guess it is that time of year that um, Mexico is probably super affordable the rest of the year when nobody's around, but when it's cold season and for the rest of the world people escape to come down there and i'm sure they run prices up on everything dude it is fucking insane i mean i've watched i mean i know the prices in the u.s have just gone completely bonkers as well like 18 eggs cost like 13 dollars or something i was about to say what's the price of a dozen eggs that's that's the real test of how much i haven't you know i haven't been to the grocery i'm gonna go grocery shopping later today because i just moved into a a new spot so i gotta stock the kitchen i'll I'll let you know but you're like basically a a billionaire now right because you got full of chickens well the problem Uh, is it's winter so they're not laying a whole bunch i'm getting like an egg every other day right now so i'm my uh my my cash generators are not (laughs) popping it out right right now yeah i've got every like everybody at work wants eggs and everybody at my wife's work wants eggs i was like uh how much are you selling them for because if you're selling them for less than i'm selling them for then the people that i work with are going to be getting them first like we're we're gonna make we're gonna go where the money is on this thing Yeah. yeah you charge what the market will bear um oh speaking of what is that thing called the 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 whole i've already forgotten the name it's like cloaca Clo- cloaca <laughs> <Like, laughs> okay so we learned that um the uh yeah i have watched the prices here just go insane over the last couple of years but this high season in particular was just absolutely insane i don't know the last time when was the last time we did an episode it's been a while right it's been a couple weeks yeah so i mean like before new years i've never seen it so crowded here like right after christmas it's still pretty crowded and then the prices i mean we're talking airbnbs here like shitty ones that you didn't want to live in um that are just like you know like ground floor dungeons that smell like mold and mildew with no windows or ventilation or anything we're going for like a thousand dollars a week yeah it's just absolutely fucking crazy and then of course I think I've I've talked like <laughs> my living situation is a little fluid right now because this guy kind of left me uh, flapping in the breeze a little bit um, last second. So trying to find a decent accommodation here 
this time, like this last second, I mean, people book apparently for these months, like a year in advance. So everything that you want is gone. And anything that's available is just like crazy overpriced and just, it doesn't make sense really. You know, I'm going to give it till the end of the month to see if I can uh, find something here that, that is suitable. And if not, I'm just going to go someplace else because <laughs> there's, there's plenty of uh, beach towns in Mexico that haven't been overrun by a bunch of old fucking gringos, Americans and Canadians. <laughs> but anyway, everything else is great. I just had an incredible uh, last couple of days. The whales are here. So I've been out on, on some jet skis doing whale watch and getting crazy close to some humpback whale, like scary close. <laughs> Thought I was going, going down with them at one point, but yeah, everything's good on my end. I have, uh, I, I know, I, I think I put on an episode last week because I had a little bit of uh, free time to to squeeze it in. What was, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll we'll start with the the died suddenly thing that seems to be really making the rounds, um, even in like the corporate press now actually has to address this because more and more, like every day, it seems like another story comes out where some young, seemingly young, healthy person is just either dropping dead or just collapsing with some sort of heart problems. Well, the CDC finally came out and said that they've seen enough evidence of stroke following the vaccine that they're now going to start investigating that. It's like, um, you're only a year late, but I guess, thanks. Yeah, after, after you've pumped it into hundreds of millions of people's <laughs> bodies now we're going to start looking into whether or not it's actually safe and effective it's like wonderful wonderful the died suddenly thing is it's like when does the memo go out to all of the mainstream media organizations to like stop using those two words together because it's becoming so prevalent like you almost see an article or a headline every other day if not every single day of you know 33 year old journalist or 40 year old athlete or like every day you know kids like that high school kid uh you know high school basketball player like it's just it's it's crazy man it's it's like cartoonish now how often you're seeing died son it's like always trending the hashtag is always trending well and of course because because twitter is awesome for that kind of thing every time they give the name of the person Somebody goes and finds a tweet where they are talking about how proud they are of got of having gotten their second booster or talking about how everybody should be required to get vaccinated or not be allowed to go out in public. You know, like almost every single time this person that died suddenly has a nice track record on Twitter of being very pro mandate, very pro vax, very proud of their vaccinated status. It's- yeah. Yeah, it dude, it's I don't know, it's sad, but it's also just fucking hilarious to watch people that they're, they're actually still getting boosted and being like super proud of it. Well, that's I, what I said. I, I was like, I I do sincerely feel bad for the families of the people who their loved ones are dying from this, but at the same time, like there were a whole bunch of us who were saying do we really trust this stuff? Like maybe we should use some critical thinking and look more into this before just jumping on the bandwagon and getting 
just a shot booster 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 you know the whatever how many boosters are we up to now four or five like yeah, I don't know. I've I've lost count. I stopped like really paying attention because I've I feel like my position has been validated enough to just be like, all right, yeah, whatever they say now, I'm done with it. Like I've I've seen enough to to justify my even if it was just and we're gonna get into this a little later with the the Sam Harris stuff, even if it was just your gut reaction that just said, Whoa, wait a minute, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on this. Well, I'm trying to remember what the country was. It's somewhere over in Europe where the current numbers were uh, people who had had all of like who were considered fully vaccinated that had all of their shots and all of their boosters were like 300 times more likely to be hospitalized for COVID right now. Uh, People who just had like the shot and or the, the, you know, the initial two shots were about four times as likely to be vaccinated or to be hospitalized. But currently people who are unvaccinated make up exactly 0% of people who are in the hospital with COVID right now. Like, um, hello, that's, that's pretty yeah. jamming uh, against your safe and effective. And if you get this, you don't have to worry about getting sick. Uh, narrative. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that narrative has completely fallen apart and it's really interesting to watch people try to kind of cope with it now that there's just, they don't have any more excuses really. And, and like I said, we're going to, we're going to play kind of an interesting Sam Harris uh, interview here in a, in a minute, but you know, that uh, st- those statistics you were just saying, were they like, were they comparing age groups though? Cause I bet you like a lot of old people, like they all got vaccinated. Right because they were old and they were part of that generation that was like, Oh, you know, we got the polio vaccine and like that actually worked. <laughs> and like, you, you I know have what I seen mean? some stuff that's showing that uh, younger people who are vaccinated are having really high hospitalization rates right now too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think because the old people already died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the problem, we just have this mentality, particularly in in the US where it's just like when something's wrong with you you go to the doctor and then they pump you full of drugs it doesn't have like we're not even just talking about vaccines now i mean we have the opioid epidemic um they've come like they've gotten really reliant you know they're overprescribing antibiotics and stuff like that it's just like every time you go to the doctor it's just like yeah take this pill oh you oh you're overweight you you have high blood pressure take this pill you got this, you got that. Here's here's a pill for that. Here's a pill for this. Oh, that pill's causing side effects. Here, take this pill to counteract the side effects from that pill. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude, can't we just how about what did you see that? Healthy and exercising and trying to take care of yourself. And maybe uh, I don't know, there's gotta be some natural, you know, I'm not like a fucking hippie, you know, witch doctor or whatever, but dude. You should not be putting all this shit in your body. Speaking of the, like, they give you a pill and then the pill causes a side effect and then they have another pill to combat the side effect. Did you see where they have a, they were uh, promoting this new mRNA shot to um, help with uh, the after effects of a heart attack? It's like, okay, so you're going to give out this shot that causes heart oh attacks but don't worry we've got another shot that'll help you with uh recovering from your heart attack so oh my god it's all good 
Yeah. Uh, this is legit. I, I, I showed it to my wife and she said, they can't be fucking serious about this, can they? I was like, oh no, this is 100% serious. Like, and it, it goes back to, so my last episode of 2022, I did a, I did like an analysis of um, evidence-based medicine and the way that they actually conduct all of the studies and stuff. And then the, the peer approval or the peer review process for all of these studies is basically the pharmaceutical companies or whoever's uh, trying to sell this drug or this promote this vaccine or whatever, they, they conduct their own studies. Any anything that doesn't align with what they want the the results of the study to be, they throw that out as being uh, either manipulated in some way, or that they just say that it doesn't it doesn't apply to the study that they're doing. So they put together all of this data based off of very cherry picked results of their study, and then they compile that into a report. They send the report out to all of these doctors. The doctors look at it and say, "Oh yeah, they did this study." They sign off on it, and that's peer reviewed. Like that's the that's the peer review process. Nobody is nobody's actually going back and retesting or re-verifying the results that the developer of these things are coming up with in their studies. They just rubber stamp it and say, "Yep, looks good," and that's your peer review process. So whenever you go to the doctor and they're like, "Oh yeah, this has CDC and FDA approval, and they did all of these studies, and it's been peer reviewed," that's all bullshit. None of it. Like nobody's actually doing research on this stuff right yeah well it reminds me of how they always uh cite the congressional budget office on everything they're like oh the cbo rated this like as um revenue neutral or something or like it's not going to add a penny to the deficit and it's just like all the cbo does is they take your bullshit fucking assumption like they come up with all these assumptions and they write like yeah blah 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 this is what it's going to do and the cbo reads that and they're like yep according to what you gave me this is what's going to happen <laughs> it's just like that's that's science these days because um so climate change it's the same way it's all based off of projections and tables and graphs that aren't actually based on any real world evidence the uh since this has been in the news over the last week the uh gas stoves that are causing a huge increase in asthma amongst children and stuff like that none of that's actual but actually based on any science it's it's all um projections and data tables that have no real world uh backing and no no actual there's no actual studies that that goes into any of any of that it's all just based on like projection by environmentalist pieces of shit effectively right yeah it, it is unbelievable how you can just come up with a model with all of these assumptions baked into it and then you get to make these claims i mean this is what they did with the vaccine saving you know fauci was out oh we saved at least 20 million lives and all this shit it's like what do you, and he's like they you know uh i forget it's the, what they did with covid to justify the lockdowns they used all of these these projections and these like yeah. models that were not based on reality in any way they were just somebody came up with some numbers off it was the same, six feet uh six feet social distancing <laughs> right. that was just somebody pulled a number out of their ass and they ran with it like none of this yeah. stuff has any any actual scientific backing right yeah and it's God, it's just so I forget the the organization that did that that study that Fauci was was talking about national something or other Institute of Health whatever. Um, I, I kept clicking on the links to figure out how they did the study, and 
like when you get to their site, it's like, first of all, you have to scroll all the way down to the bottom. You have to scroll for like a minute to get to like, here's how we conducted this study. And then it's like, oh yeah, we, we built a model. <laughs> and we thought, you know, our model was based on the fact that these vaccines did everything that uh, Fauci was claiming them to do. And then based off of those claims, yep, we saved all of these lives. And then it turns out that all of those claims were complete bullshit. And, and the people who were calling bullshit in real time um are the conspiracy theorists they're the 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 coincidence the coincidence theorists <laughs> we should uh play that video here in a minute and then you have people who are now starting this is what i find very interesting about this whole thing is watching somewhat rational people try to cope with the fact that they got bamboozled and they still can't admit it to themselves they're trying to do this mental gymnastics to kind of justify their behavior over the past couple of years. And it's just very interesting. We should probably get into the, the Sam Harris interview now, if you want to get that, get that queued up because Sam Harris, you know, he's, he's had a couple of um, really ridiculous interviews over the last uh, few months. And he's talking to this guy. I've never heard of the guy that he's talking to i think it's john wood jr or something like that good strong first name uh and you know he's talking about i guess him and brett weinstein uh were, were like good friends or something like that and apparently weinstein was doing all of these podcasts about how dangerous these vaccines were and you know you said he did like 80 or 100 podcasts in a row on this and uh, he's he's trying to justify why, like, I don't know how good of friends they were, but it sounds like they had a bit of a falling out. And he's trying to kind of justify exactly why he took the, the position that he did and why he still thinks he's right, even though he will admit in some of these clips that it turns out that Brett was right about everything. I, I love he was I right for the wrong the reasons love the ones that say i got vaccinated and i had a heart attack but i would still do it again it's like um yeah wow. <laughs> you want to play this yeah let's let's go ahead All some right. of these clips are kind of long we might have to edit them up in one way we got very lucky that covid wasn't worse than it was right you know it could have been much much worse it could have been 10 times as deadly or or you know 50 times as deadly and we would have we would have lived through or many of us wouldn't have lived through something truly awful but um, had COVID been worse, you know, I, I think we just lost the audio on that. Same kind of vaccine skepticism. Brett, Brett Weinstein would not have been releasing 80 straight podcasts on the dangers of the vaccine if a few variables were changed. I mean, just, just take it, look, look, leave COVID exactly as it is, but just make it preferentially dangerous to children rather than to old people, right? Just flip that around, the, the, the variable of age. If kids were dying by the hundreds of thousands from, from COVID at a rate of whatever it was, you know, 1%, say. Um, but it was pretty much all kids. We, we would have had a very different experience, right? And right. and the patience, there would have been no fucking patience 
Burbank theme skepticism, right? And we, everyone would have recognized that this is not my body, my choice. This is, you're not going to kill my kids with your, with your ignorance, right? And change one other variable. What if the vaccines actually really did block transmission much better than they in fact did? Thank you for admitting that they don't. It's only rational to expect them to block transmission. Turns out they don't don't do it nearly as much as we would hope at this point. Because they don't do it at all. Uh, they just shorten the window by which you know during which transmission is possible. Uh, uh, if they're even doing that now, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> let's say the vaccines really did block transmission, but then nothing else was you know all of the other Michigas about how you know untested they are and how dangerous they it might be and the spike protein and blah blah blah. Leave all that in place. Just give me a little more transmission blockage, and give me kids being preferentially killed or or injured by yeah, this this right. disease. That it the obscenity of much of what was said, what much of what was said about COVID at the time at which it was said, you know, the the the, the conspiracy thinking, the platforming of people who were obviously unwell and unbalanced professionally and mentally around, around mm -hmm. vaccines uh, and their skepticism, the patience for that would have been non-existent, right? And so we so in, in some sense, we got unlucky. Uh, <laughs> okay, can you pause it for a second? <laughs> we could get. So, oh man, there's, there's a lot there. But what? first of all, I just love how he's like, well, if we change a few variables and we make COVID out to be pretty much exactly what all the doomsday scenarios were, or maybe even worse than that, and kids were dropping dead from this, then we were completely justified in villainizing all of these people who were skeptic, skeptical of the vaccine and who didn't, didn't buy into all the propaganda. That's basically where he's going with this. Um, <laughs> it's just... And it's just like, hey, if the vaccine worked and it was safe and effective like they claim and COVID was actually killing people, <laughs> then we'd be, then we wouldn't have any problem. He's going to talk about how like society was fractured. And it's like, well, who did the fracturing? <laughs> it's like you guys villainized a group of people who were like calling bullshit on this. And if it turned out that, you know. Everything that was, you know, COVID was supposed to be and more came to fruition. Then you would have been justified in in villainizing the the vaccine skeptics. Like when you have to create half a dozen hypotheticals to justify your position, you were just fucking wrong. Like just accept that you were wrong. We don't we don't need to go into all of the possible ways that you could have been right. Like you were just wrong. <laughs> There's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's like, dude. Uh, yes, I think if the vaccine was stopping transmission and it had been tested properly and it, you know, went through the channels and it was, you know, the side effects weren't a million times worse than co getting COVID and, um, you know, kids were dying by the hundreds of thousands, then I think you probably wouldn't need the world's largest propaganda campaign to force people to take it. And but that was literally yeah. his justification there was if COVID was killing more people and if those people were children and if the vaccine actually worked and if the vaccine had actually been tested and 
Like, dude. Yeah. Then everything would have been hunky dory. (laughs) It's like, yes. Then I would have, I wouldn't have been shouting into a microphone a couple times a week about how none of that was happening. (laughs) Just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Right. If all of the things that you just said had been the case, then none of us who were on this side of of the argument would have been saying the things that we were saying because we would have been agreeing. Science would have been pointing to the other way and we'd have been on the side of yeah maybe we need to be doing something about this but like literally none of that was the case so we were just taking the logical you know conclusion of everything that we saw in front of us whereas y'all were taking the propaganda and believing that you were doing some like i don't know thing that was uh what's the noble yeah, yeah noble thing and he doesn't even get into the fact that you know these are huge pharmaceutical companies with a track record of being uh, devious to say the least and who were granted immunity from um you know any sort of uh repercussions from rolling out this vaccine at, which by the way was only granted under emergency uh, like an, an emergency situation <laughs> it's like they had to bend and break pretty much every protocol and rule to roll these things out they still only have emergency authorization. They're still not. They're not. There's none of it is still actually FDA approved. It is still all under the emergency authorization. That's why the that's why the military mandate has uh, has been removed because it was only under emergency authorization, and they finally just and and also because um, since doing that they had huge numbers of people in the military that either resigned or took early retirement or got fired. And they've also seen their recruiting numbers just go through the floor because most of the people who are signing up for military service are red staters and, you know, more the patriotic conservative types as you would traditionally think about it, or, you know, people who don't have a choice. And now the ones who are the more, uh, the more likely to volunteer are looking at a at a vaccination requirement and saying, "Yeah, I don't want that." That's, and 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 the comparison has been made that the army requires all these other vaccinations and everything else, and that's that's all well and good. Those are actually like legitimate. But when you look at adding on this one, that's where people start drawing the line. They're like, "Yeah, I can understand needing to have a smallpox vaccine and a polio vaccine if I'm going to be traveling to God knows where," but the COVID vaccine? Why? Like that? Right. And, I, and it's required? Hard pass. I'll, I'll set this one out. Well, it's just funny. It's like if the vaccine stopped transmission, then it wouldn't matter if somebody else around your kids wasn't vaccinated, you know, like because they were and the vaccine stops transmission. So they won't be able to get it and they have nothing to worry about. And the, the military thing is interesting because basically when you sign up for the military, you are giving your body over to the you're just like submitting to the government you're like okay yeah you can do whatever you want to me you can send me overseas to go you know be cannon fodder um and they seem to be okay with that but they're not okay with taking this vaccine that's like kind of a scathing indictment if they're if they're thinking rationally and they're like yep i'm willing to go get blown up but i'm not taking the chance with this vaccine (laughs) More mortars and IEDs are, you know, uh, or gunfire and IEDs are an expected hazard of the job. Uh, like, 
getting something injected into me that might cause my heart to stop randomly. No, thank you. I'll take the the gunfire instead. Hey, guys. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code FICTION. All right. All right. All right. Let's keep rolling. Let's see what else uh, Sam has for us. All right. Pull him back up. Theme because yeah you could you could run the argument well did he die from COVID or with COVID he was 80 years old right um, we you know that was the situation we were in I'm saying now, so I've told the story on my own show uh, of a guy that I worked with during COVID his grandfather lived out in in Colorado uh, in a nursing home and he was in full. Uh, his organ he was in full organ failure like had been happening for four or five months like they knew that he was going to die um and then he tested positive while in the nursing home tested positive for covid recovered like no no problems died like three weeks later or something um enough of his organs finally just completely gave out they counted him as a covid death even though he had had it and recovered, even though the thing that actually killed him was something that had been slowly killing him for six months prior to that. Um, he got counted as a COVID death. It's like, it's not, he didn't even die with COVID. He died with a, a positive COVID test from three weeks prior. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and what he's saying here is like, you know, we got lucky that COVID wasn't as, or we got unlucky that COVID wasn't as deadly because now we can't figure out if people are dying from COVID or just because they had COVID and something else killed them. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and roll it. Cheer for the, cheering for the, for the pandemic. There are changes in the real world that could have happened and could yet happen. That would be, would have been immensely clarifying. Right. And there just would have been no, there would have been no less. Is, is it just that I'm just asking questions routine would have not gotten anyone anywhere worth going. Right. And that's, um, I think there is, so, you know, to part of what we're talking about here is you know, with respect to Trump and with respect to COVID are just contingent facts of these, you know, unique situations, which had they been a little bit different, um, we would we wouldn't have fragmented in the same way, right? You dial up the you dial up the risk of COVID, you know. Or if, if COVID just had been, you know, just made you physically ugly, right? Like if like if, if COVID was monkeypox, <laughs> right? And you had pustules on your face, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, uh, that that's different than the hypothetical experience we all had of you know, do I is it a cold? Is it a flu? Is it COVID? Who knows? You know. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. 
we just I'm not saying I wish for those things because those are pictures of, of of a worse you know worse suffering for people but had those things been in place um, I just don't think we would have witnessed the same kind of shattering of our society around this particular variant and um, again so I, I pivot back to the possibility that if we could get a more normal Republican candidate who was not a you know not at the center of a personality cult built on misinformation um <laughs> you know that it, there could be a, a swing back to something more recognizable uh that doesn't seem like a social emergency but i agree <laughs> okay. with you that i do feel like yeah, I'm I'm in the presence of a social emergency. <laughs> all right so trump um, pushed trump pushed the vaccines trump initiated the lockdowns like what's the more normal candidate that he's wanting like the Republicans, yeah, in, the Republicans in government and Trump did everything that the Democrats wanted them to do, except that Trump was talking about hydrochloroquine, talking about ivermectin, talking about monoclonal antibodies. Like Trump was talking about the stuff that were non-vaccine related treatments before the vaccine was available. The things that people were that while they were being proven to be effective, people were still saying they don't work and you can't talk about them, even though they were proving themselves <laughs> to be effective. That's the only yeah, thing that he did working. was talk about things that worked before the vaccine was available. As soon as the vaccine came to the market, Trump was vaccine all day, every day. Like, so yeah. what, what do we need? What did, what kind of how did Trump divide the nation other than to <laughs> tell some truth along the way? Other than the fact that he was just that he was Trump. Yeah. Remember, like. uh was like everybody was coming out and be like, oh, I wouldn't take the vaccine if it was if Trump was president, not Trump's vaccine, but it's like the same vaccine. And then Biden gets in there and the vaccine's fine now. Like Biden actually did something to change the formula of the mRNA stuff. It's like y'all know the the vaccine that came out and the end of November, early December was still the Trump vaccine, right? Like Trump, just because Trump had lost the election on November fourth or fifth or whatever the date was of twenty twenty, like. Just because he lost the election three weeks ago and the vaccine is coming out now, that doesn't mean it's Biden's vaccine. It's still Trump's vaccine, right. Marty. Like, yeah, no, no, they got they got a new a new president, and they're like, all right, let's give them, let's switch this out, switch the ingredients. We'll give them the real vaccine. <laughs> it's not going to be this this Trump thing. Uh, the other thing I just find hilarious about this is that we had a candidate that was at the center of a misinformation campaign or something like whatever he said. A group of people. Um, you know, promulgating misinformation. And it's like, dude, you just went through all of the all of the misinformation is on Sam Harris's side. And there's a couple more clips that we'll get into where he admits that uh, these so-called like the people that are being branded as misinformationists got everything right. So who was who was really at the center of the biggest misinformation campaign of all time? It was the the people promoting the vaccines and saying that COVID was going to, you know, kill everybody. <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's just no way around it. it he's, he's admitted it already and he's going to admit more of it in, in the next clip. If you go into the comments, I think the the guy posts like another uh, couple, like two more clips from the interview there. <laughs> Let's go ahead and, and roll the next. It's just unbelievable, man. They're still calling us uh, misinformation, disinformationists, even though we've been proven right about everything. Okay. Yeah. 
I just think I can tell you why it didn't happen from my side. I mean, I was not the COVID was and you know that the and vaccine boosterism was not my hobby horse. I think I did sure, you know, a couple of podcasts on COVID early on just to try to bring on relevant experts to figure out what the hell was going on at you know at each stage at which it seemed like there was new information. Uh, but, you know, I brought on a guy uh, from Johns Hopkins very early, like just, you know, when, you know, it was kicking off in March, I believe it was March of uh, 2020. And then, um, you know, I brought on a few other experts, you know, uh, uh, talk about just to inform the you know, the audience. Um, but this really was, you know, it, it, Brett got this bee in his bonnet around, you know, skepticism with respect to the vaccine and um, and and faith in the efficacy of ivermectin, and all of that seemed so fringe to me that um, it see it seemed not worth entertaining. Right. And so, like, I, so the, yes, the trust is there. I, I like Brett a lot as a person. Um, you know, he has, he has a surprising, he has, his, he has a taste, a degree of, 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 uh, taste for conspiracy thinking that I, mm -hmm. I don't think I appreciate it. Right. And which this fit, this slotted right into. Um, so I see this, you know, not to diagnose him, but I see a kind of symptomology of, of that in him. Um, Whereas I mean it's familiar to me from other other you know other examples, um, and the fact that he did, I don't think I'm exaggerating. He did something like 80, 100 podcasts in a row, all on COVID. Right? What is that about? That that's bonkers to me. It's, it's like it's it's uninterpret it's uninterpretable to me in terms of like that that it, given who he is as an intellectual, and given his expertise in one area and his lack of expertise in this area. That that would be the thing he would do eighty to hundred podcasts on. I mean, it's just you know, there's so okay, much pause it for a second. To be interested in, worried about. Uh, first of all, I would love to see to go back. I haven't, I never listened to any of this guy's podcast, but I'd like to see the experts that he had on in real time to see what these experts were saying every time we got new information coming out. I mean. Brett Weinstein is a is a pretty smart guy. Yes, he's not a virologist or whatever, but I would make the argument if you do a hundred podcasts on one topic, you're pretty like I don't know if I'd call you an expert, but you're pretty well versed in that topic. I mean, even if each podcast is an hour, that's an hour that you're talking about it. There's probably, you know, three to five times that for each episode of you know, uh, prep that you're doing research and things like that. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of, uh, work that you're putting into it. And I don't care if you, if you're a doctor or whatever, um, anybody that's, he's admitting that this guy's an intellectual and he's smart and he's discerning and he's looking into it. What, what's that about? It's about trying to stop people from making uh, a potentially like a, a dangerous mistake. <laughs> what to tell you well and that's like if the way that that brett weinstein does his content like you can tell he's actually putting time into it like like to some extent when the two of us get on this and do get on here and do this we're talking about stuff that we have kind of looked at but you know 
we know what's going on and, and we're going to talk about it as we go, but we may not have actually dedicated hours into looking at this stuff. Like, like when I do one of my episodes on like a civil war episode or something, I, uh, which I, I did one of those back a while ago, like it was reading every treaty from 1820 all the way up through 1850 and looking at all of the reaction to those treaties, everything else that was going into that. Like it was a good six to eight hours of research just to do the one episode. Like what, when you watch Brett Weinstein stuff and you listen to the, the content that he's putting out, like he's, he's putting in hours of research into this stuff. It's not just like him getting on and running his mouth. He's, he's dedicated himself to actually talking about the facts of the matter. And so, yeah, I mean, if he's doing 80, a hundred episodes, he's probably got somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 hours hours on it. Yeah. 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 And, and, and Sam Harris just writes him off immediately. He's like, ah, well, it's too fringe for me to even question this. And it's like, well, dude, have you looked into any of this really? Or have you just, talk to an expert on your podcast one time or like once every couple of weeks. I, I just, the, the, the amount of hubris there is just incredible to me. It's like, well, here's somebody like a rational smart guy who's spent hundreds, if not thousands of hours looking into this. And he's concluded that, Hey, maybe we should be asking these questions at a minimum. And you're just like, Oh no, you can't, you're you're going against the consensus. Oh, and I think he talks about that in later in this clip. So let's we, we can go ahead and and roll it. But it's just like, go ahead. And who are the eps, or who are the uh, the experts that um that that uh, Sam Harris is talking to? Sam like, Harris. are are they people like Lena Wynn and uh, <laughs> what's his face from I'm CNN? Sure. Like, or are they actually yeah, like? I'm sure they are consensus. Yeah convicted of you know like the it it, it it was that's a symptom of something on his side right now i'm sure he's got a story to tell about why he did that but at the time yeah, it's a symptom did, of brain cells brain function it all struck me as colossally irresponsible right and guaranteed <laughs> to get people killed i have no doubt people died as a result of his efforts to just get to the truth right and i guess it may seem like a harsh thing to say is just an, uh, based on just pure statistics. It seems like he, I would be, I would bet, I'd bet everything I own that I would just double, you know, double or nothing, you know, that that's the case, right? Awesome, oh, awesome. <laughs> I would take that fucking bet. Uh, I don't, I dude, could you imagine being as wrong as Sam Harris has been, and still saying that? Oh, well, I have no doubt in my mind that people died as a result of his research, and I will bet the farm on that. What is nuts? First of all, just statistically, what statistics is he looking at? The models. He's looking at the the, the model that said this vaccine is ninety five percent effective and one hundred percent safe, and all the models that said that. A hundred million people were going to die, or hundreds of millions of people were going to die within the first like three months, and yada yada yada. I think like all of the the thing that was basically um, the entire island of the United Kingdom was going to go extinct if they didn't lock down. Like I mean, that's effectively yeah. what they what their model said was everybody on the island was going to die if they didn't within six months if they didn't lock down. 
And yeah. And what was it? Was it Sweden? That's, you know, when they said they weren't going to lock down, they're like, oh, like 95,000 people are going to die in the next three months or something like yeah, that. The, and then like a year later, only like 4,000 people had died total. <laughs> yeah. They like, put oh. out all their models and it was like, Sweden's going to be eradicated by this. And then nothing happened yeah. at all. I mean, Sweden's got uh, some other problems, but COVID was never one of them. Want to keep going on this? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and roll it. it. Uh, so that was, you know, I just didn't want to interact with that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to torch a friend um, publicly more than I did, but I it felt completely irresponsible to let our friendship uh, keep me from saying something uh, critical about it. So I said just some minimal, minimally critical things about, you know, what he was doing over there on his podcast. And um, and I brought on some people to to counter message a little bit, but I did I didn't really I didn't see the to, dig, to dignify it with a as a debate seemed to play into the irresponsibility of it. Um, and what's yeah. more, I just don't think it would have worked. First of all, I I just freely admitted at the time that I was the wrong person to have that debate. He was the wrong person on his side to have the, the, the debate. I mean, it's just you know, I, I it made no sense to me that that it was him doing that. But even if he wanted to put himself up as the person to represent the vaccine vaccine skeptic point of view, um, again, you need immunologists. And and virologists and epidemiologists on the side of debunking all of that, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's also deeply unfortunate that our institutions and our scientific journals covered themselves in shame all the while, while that was going on. Right? You got you know you got epidemiologists by the thousands signing letters that you know black lives protests are okay black lives matter protests are okay and, and right-wing protests aren't you know yeah. as if by magic yeah. um okay, awesome. at least he can admit that at least he can admit to that i know yeah no there is something to be said like he's trying to really um cope with this but he's also just not fully admitting how ridiculous his position is like he just got done saying like oh well you know, Brett's not an expert, so he shouldn't be having the debate. We really need to have virologists and epidemiologists and, you know, science, science people doing these debates. And then in the next breath, he says, and these scientists really didn't help themselves. Thousands of them were signing this ridiculous thing saying that black. <laughs> just like, wait a minute, which is it? Which is it? Are these the, the scientists we need to trust? Or are these a bunch of fucking buffoons who will sign any sign something that says, like, as long as you're protesting against racism, the, the virus won't get you? I mean, come on. <laughs> the center of that storm, Brett set up shop as a debunker of everything institutional. But the, this case, this, this case for contrarianism is its own pathology. I mean, the contrary, the, the non-expert contrary position is usually wrong for good reason, because you just have to look at the, you just have to look at the, the, the meaning of those words, right? I mean, like, if you're going to go against the consensus of the people who have taken the time to understand a certain domain of fact, 
And if you live outside that domain as a non-expert, you know, you are, you know, you're, the house is usually going to win there. You know, you're, you're playing a game of roulette, right? And in this case, we're playing <laughs> roulette in people's lives. Uh, so I, I viewed it, I mean, I'd, I did view it as irresponsible. I still view it as irresponsible. It may yet prove to be retrospectively, I just think I. Okay. All right. First of all, that's rich. Uh, playing roulette with people's lives. I would argue that injecting whatever the hell is in those vaccines into your arm is quite literally playing roulette at this point with people's lives. Um, but where would we be if, you know, if people had questioned the consensus? I mean, the earth would, is the center of the universe. The, the earth is also flat. Like we can't question any of this stuff because these are the experts who have put in the time. Uh, okay. Yeah. And and I'm pretty sure that Brett Weinstein was quoting experts who had put in the time to actually look at some of this stuff and research this stuff. Like he wasn't he wasn't just out there like coming up with this stuff off the top of his head or throwing stuff no. out on a on a whim. Like he was actually using information from real scientists who were looking at the stuff. Uh, like remember when they tried to cancel Joe Rogan over the ivermectin thing? Even though he never actually promoted ivermectin, he simply said, this is a list of the things that I took. I'm pretty sure we talked about this. The list of experts who were calling for him to be canceled, The I, I want to say 80% of that list were grad students and podcasters. I, I mean, I'm not saying that we're we're not experts, but we definitely don't fall in the realm of like actual doctors and physicians like and and even the even a lot of the um doctors on the list who were calling for Joe Rogan to be canceled they were like phd's they weren't medical doctors they they weren't even like they weren't even phd's in the field of medicine <laughs> like <laughs> these are your experts yeah God, it it is just it is just really unbelievable, man. Uh, <laughs> this appeal to authority is just like I haven't even heard a compelling argument. I mean, I've listened to the you know the consensus experts in this field talk over and over and over again about COVID and the vaccines and this topic. Have you ever heard anything compelling? It's just like this dogma that they spew constantly. And then you listen to people who are questioning the the science behind all of this and they make a really compelling case. And yes, I am not an expert uh, on any of this stuff, but I am kind of an expert on sniffing out propaganda and complete bullshit. And one side seems to have a, a really strong argument and is willing to have these debates that Sam Harris is not willing to engage in. And the other side just wants to uh, <laughs> like joy read where we should play the joy read thing after this, but uh, he wants to joy read these guys and just be like, Nope, Nope, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And that that's the end of the debate because we have degrees and, and science and everything like that. Well, and so like part of it was like, there were, you know, there were people that saying that the, the vaccines were untested. And then the 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 other side of that on the pro on the pro vaccine side was they they were saying, 
Well, yes, actually, these were tested because whenever swine flu and bird flu became a thing in 2004 and or 2002 and 2004, they started testing these things and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, but did you actually go look at the research from the testing that they were doing on this stuff for the last 20 years? Like, you know, you were making your argument that actually these vaccines have been tested for the last 20 years. It's like, yeah, but did you go look at the test results? Did you go look at the studies that they were doing on cats and ferrets and and rats and everything else? And like, um, I think the average was like an 80% death rate in all the animals they were testing, including a number of studies where it was literally 100% fatalities on like, I mean, yeah, they've been testing it for 20 years. It's been going swimmingly, let me tell you, to the extent it was going so well that they discontinued testing on it like three years ago. But uh, hey, whatever you want to say, you know. Yeah, I mean, if the testing was going as well as they would, um, you know, proclaim or whatever, as well as they would think, then we probably would have had these vaccines 10 years ago after 10 years of testing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and if they could keep a fucking ferret alive, they might have actually rolled this stuff out a long time ago. Right. I haven't I haven't listened to the, the whole episode yet, but I saw on uh, on part of the problem, Dave and uh, Robbie, the fire were going through the. Um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson debate that he was having with some guy and, you know, the, the part that I did see and this, you know, we didn't cover this because they did a pretty good job of covering it from what I saw. But it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, no, there's a process in place. They tested all of this. And it's like, dude, I don't know what they were testing for the last 20 years, but I looked at the tests that they were doing for the initial rollout of the vaccine and the boosters, and they abandoned all protocol for these tests. And they weren't thousands of people. It was like dozens of people that they were testing. Like some of these studies had like 50 people in them and like... Two of them died, and they were like, and in a, in a, a number of the studies, they completely took the control group out. Like, right? There were there were a couple studies that instead of having people in the in the test group that didn't that received the placebo or whatever, they just gave everybody the vaccine. Like they, yeah. That you don't have a control group. How do you know what the, the what you the don't have a control is? group and you don't have a fucking test at that point. So it's not a test anymore, at least not by the the way that we have defined it up until all of this craziness began. But there's a there's one more Sam Harris. Should we do one more Sam Harris clip? There's one more in there. Oh, I, I was going to pull up the uh, the Joy Reid. Should uh, we just go on to the Joy Reid thing? Yeah, Sam Harris doesn't get much more engaging than what he's already been. He, he, just, <laughs> right. he just keeps doubling down on. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if things had worked out exactly the way that all of the charts and projections said they would work out, then we would have been right and y'all would have been wrong. And the whole thing would have been a completely different conversation. Well, that's- yeah, that we would have been completely justified in our behavior over the last two yeah. years. Which- no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is a good one. My friend Jody Arrington, who's going to chair a budget, he wants to look into the budget and also look into entitlements. Do you know that Social Security is going to be insolvent in 2006, 
the returns of the S&P 500 since 2006. You're that saying, so you, you, okay, so you support privatizing I, Social Security. You know, I want to explain to you. I am a financial professional. I have a securities license. Actually, I just lost my licenses because I'm not allowed to trade anymore because I'm a member of Congress. Mm -hmm. But let me assure you, if you look at the S&P 500 from 2006 until today, the growth rate in the S&P 500 would have more than taken care of Social Security, way more than the federal government. And has. each time that you had a crash, it would subject people's no, Social Security true. funds I'm, to crash. Hold you, on a second. So let me just, in, hold on a second. We're not going to have a whole long thing on Social Security, but let me just be clear. You and you are in favor <laughs> of privatizing Social Security. No, I'm not in favor of But you just argued for it. Okay. You, you, you just argued. It up and I brought you the facts. So but you are S&P 500. So if a bill came forward to privatize Social Security, you'd be for it. No, because what we should be doing. Okay. Oh, then it's a move. Well, point. We should, then it's a move. It's point. not a move. Point. Then it's You're a move. You're trying point. to put words in my mouth. But you just explained that the S and P would be the a better return than Social Security. Better returns. So then you privatize. That is a fact. Okay. So, so don't don't cheapen privatization when the data is crystal clear that the returns would have been better. Okay. You're for it. You've said that you're. That means that it would have been a better situation. You're seeing today. Okay. Play that. Play the YouTube clip from Family Guy real quick because. This is all I could think about while I was listening to this ridiculousness. And then we'll get. Yeah, her, she just, oh my gosh. Here we go. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Kevin Bacon wasn't in Footloose. What? Of course he was. No, he wasn't. You lose. Of course he was. He was the star. Nope, you're wrong. Look it up. I don't have to look it up. It's common knowledge. Nope. He was on the nope. cover of. No people magazine. No, when the no, movie, everyone no, knows Kevin no, Bacon was a star. No, 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 there was no, a huge movie. No, it was the no, lead. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Joy Reid, too. That's her exact face in that clip. <laughs> Dude, that is like, it is so frustrating to try to have a convert you know they always want to have a meaningful conversation about this or a meaningful conversation about that and when you try to bring up actual you know the reality of the situation no 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 they're just in complete denial and they have nothing she has nothing to say other than no you're wrong no you're wrong uh first of all he is wrong that social security is going to be insolvent by 2035 it's already insolvent it yeah. is it is the biggest fucking ponzi scheme other than just the the, you know, the entire federal uh, federal government budget, because all they do every time money comes in that, they, they, you know, they take money out of your paycheck for Social Security. It goes into the general revenue fund and they issue a, a treasury bond, which goes into the Social Security trust fund. Now, these these bonds come due all the time. Um, and, you know, for a while. You know, these numbers do change every, you know, they fluctuate a little bit, you know, up until like 10 years ago, they were taking in more in Social Security payments than they were paying out. That changed, um, you know, five or six years ago, I think. And I don't know, you know, sometimes, you know, for a year or two, maybe they'll take in more than they pay out. And then the next year, they'll take in less or whatever. But basically, what happens is when there's not enough coming in for to cover the Social Security payments, they they sell one of those treasury bonds right and what happens when they sell it like how do they how does social security get money for the treasury bond well the government since it doesn't have any money it issues another treasury bond to somebody else maybe china buys it maybe germany buys it um oh actually you know what they can't sorry uh, i forgot that these are special issue treasury bonds so they can't sell them to anybody else 
But normally what would happen is you'd sell the treasury bond to somebody else and they get the money and then they use it on whatever program they're looking for. But with Social Security, they are forbidden to sell these to anybody else but the government. So the, basically, the treasury just issues another treasury bond. The Federal Reserve fucking buys it. And then they take that money and they pay out Social Security. Like It is the biggest fucking Ponzi scheme you've ever seen. And every time, like the government owes itself this money and they're claiming, you know, these things that are uh, government liability is also an asset. And that's what they're claiming. They, they're going to run out of these assets by 2035. But every time one of these assets comes due, they have to issue another it, uh, another item of debt to get the money to pay it off. It's just it is like the definition of a Ponzi scheme. It's crazy what they're getting away with. It's criminal what they're getting away with. They put Bernie Madoff in fucking prison for doing it. And he was only doing like 50 billion. They're doing trillions of this every year. And to the uh to the privatization, I mean, the the return, and I, I gave, you know, I talked about a little bit about this at that uh that festival that I was speaking at in in uh PV here a couple months ago. The the return on Social Security, the last numbers I saw was uh, 1.2% over the rate of inflation. 1.2%. Now, that's if you live to about 78 years old, which is what was the average age. So you retire at 65. If you make it to 60, if you make it to 78, you can respect a 1.2% return on your Social Security investment. Dude, that is pathetic. If you had a, anybody managing your money and they were getting you 1.2%, you would fucking fire them because I could throw darts at the at a fucking dartboard of the S&P, the NASDAQ, whatever, and get you a better return than 1.2%. You can get a pretty generic savings account and get a better return than 1.2%. You could just you could just buy treasury bills and get a better return. Like, that's how ridiculous this is. Instead of giving your money to the government and having them buy the treasury or issue the treasury, you could just buy the treasury bills directly and you would get a better return. But they <laughs> you can't do that. And yeah, the, the return on the S&P 500 over, you know, the long haul, I mean, 2006 to today is, you know, that's a very generous time frame because you had the March lows of 2009 where everything crashed and then, you know, they pumped like trillions of dollars into the market. But over time, yeah, you're going to get a much better return if you just buy an index fund or something like that. You'll get 5%, probably something like that. I mean, this is, and not to mention the opportunity cost. I mean, they're taking thousands of dollars from you every, you know, every paycheck or every, every year, depending on how much you make, right? I mean, you're, you're, sacrificing thousands of dollars in your 20s and 30s that you could actually put to work to get a, a real return, maybe start a business or something like that, that would reap untold amounts of, of benefits. The opportunity costs are incredible. And you might not even get to collect it. I mean, who knows if you're going to make it to 65, let alone 78. And then what can you do for like, they're destroying the value of the money every year by at least 2%. Like that's their plan. So they're taking money that's worth a lot more in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s. And they're giving money that buys a lot less in your 60s and your 70s and your 80s. And again, what can you, I mean, who knows, even if you make it to 78, what kind of condition you're going to be in, like what you can actually do <laughs> at 78 versus what you can do at 28 with that money. 
I, I, dude, it's just, it's crit. It's the worst fucking idea ever. <laughs> it really is like, and that's why they won't let you opt out of it. You know, there were a couple of, uh, a couple of gay guys in the eighties, I think, or maybe it was the early nineties that wanted to opt out of social security because they got AIDS and they weren't going to live to collect social security and the government would for their own good, wouldn't let them opt out of it. Like they could have used that money for maybe medication and get some treatment to prolong their life a little bit, but no, no, no. It's I, for your retirement. Depending on the, the number of hours I work and, and, other and overtime holidays stuff like that it's anywhere from 15 to 20 grand is what they get off of me on taxes every year like that's fucking yeah. insane right dude it will and they wonder why uh, americans have no savings they're, they're not like they can't get ahead and it's just like yeah you can't get ahead because they keep chopping you off at the fucking knees every time you get a little bit of fucking scratch together they're like oh no you're not responsible enough to save for your future. We're going to do it for you because we're the government and we care. And what has the government saved? Absolutely nothing. But if you believe their bullshit, they've saved enough to get to 2035. But that's not actually the case. They've saved nothing. Even the most irresponsible of Americans would have saved something. <laughs> like, and yeah, how much better off would uh, millennials be and these younger generations that are coming up? Uh, if they hadn't had to put basically, you know, at one point we were paying 15% into this because it's, it was seven and a half from you and seven and a half from your employer. A lot of people don't realize that the employer matches what they take from you and the employer is factoring that into your salary. So when they hire you, they figure out how much the position is worth. So it's worth X number of dollars. Like we can pay you a thousand dollars for this. And then they figure out what it's going to cost to hire you, you know, with unemployment and the social security and they deduct that. And so they pay you like $800 instead of the thousand because they got to pay 200 every month to the fucking government or whatever. So you're paying the whole, the whole thing. And it started out as 1% from you and 1% from your employer and uh, entrepreneurs, people that had their own businesses were exempt from it. And then, you know, as time went on and the, the Ponzi scheme started to unravel, uh, they had to keep upping the rate and lowering the, the benefit. And then they made it taxable. So they now they're taxing Social Security benefits. And it went from 1% to 3% to 7.5%. I think now it's now around 6 something. So 12% of everything that you make is going into this Ponzi scheme. And then when you get the benefits, they tax them first. It should be tax deductible. Like, this is our taxes that are paying for this. So like you, you already took my taxes once to do this. You don't get to tax me a second yeah. time. Like, yeah, it is. Dude, it is like, look, I can't imagine a worse retirement system than this. I mean, Ponzi schemes are great for the people that get in on the ground floor and get out before they fucking collapse. Like the first lady that ever collected social security. Her name was Ida May Fuller. She paid in like a couple hundred bucks or something, maybe even not even a couple hundred. And she lived to be like 102 and got like $20,000 worth of benefits back when $20,000 was a lot of money. And it's just like, yeah, she made out like a fucking bandit. Uh, the older generations are collecting a lot more than they paid in. It's still a really bad, it's always been a bad return on your investment. But yeah, people have been collecting a lot more. And that's why, you know, all of these, old, like one of my uncles, 
you know, as soon as he got uh, on social security and Medicare and all that shit, like he just started having all these surgeries. Like he got knee replacements and all this shit on our fucking dime. And it's just like, dude, it works out really well if you get in early, but the bag holders, like the ones that didn't get out of Bernie Madoff's fucking Ponzi scheme, get really fucked by this. And what they've done to younger generations, uh, ourselves and younger, and even a little older than, than us as well, like it, it's, dude, it's it's depressing, like how how fucking screwed people are. And then you look, you take a step back, and you're like, oh, well, why is everybody so unhappy? And why are they, you know? They they think capitalism has failed them and their socialism. He's like, oh yeah, because we we preach capitalism and then we come up with these fucking socialist Ponzi schemes at, that are fucking people over left and right. And it's, we're taking money from young people who have nothing, who are trying to get, you know, trying to get something going, trying to build, uh, you know, a, a future for themselves, and we're giving it to old people who have already had a lifetime to earn and to save and get returns on, in the stock market and everything like that. They have all of these assets. We're taking money from people that don't have it and giving it to people who do. Oh, it God, takes just, some really so high level ignorance to to look at all of the government programs and the devastation that they've done to our economy and to just your ability to earn money and think. That's the yeah. fault of capitalism and not right. that's the fault of the fucking government to think yeah. that we need to do something to give more power to the government that's doing this instead of taking it away from. Them. Well, dude, it's because, yeah, billionaires aren't paying enough in taxes, obviously. I mean, that's what it is. So Joe Biden's going to make sure that billions pay at least. I saw his tweet that I'm sure it was him tweeting, but at least 15 percent. It's like, yeah, let's give them more tax dollars. I mean, they're already taking in what like five trillion a year in taxes, four or five trillion. That's not enough. It's not. It's never going to be enough to keep Ponzi schemes going. You're always going to need more. Anyway, uh, just what? Like, of course, you can't have this conversation with the Joy Reeds of the world because, because they're you're not wrong. armed. No, you're wrong. Yeah. No, you're wrong. Of course, yeah. No, nothing I said was remotely accurate. Just forget the last couple of minutes of this podcast. I was mean, just like, how am I wrong then? Uh, it's like, they oh, so you're in favor give, of privacy. Yeah, they can never give you actual, like, verifiable evidence of why you're wrong. It's just that you're wrong. You're wrong because you're wrong because you're wrong because you're wrong because yeah. you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. No, you're wrong. And privatization is a is a dirty word. Yeah. When govern governmentization is what we should all be in favor of, because they've done, like you said, such a swimmingly job of running all of this stuff, I, and you just. You watch the way they actually operate, and it's insane. They don't read anything that they're passing. <laughs> they wait to the last minute. They can't balance a budget. Like they can't do basic government functions. But privatization? Oh no, 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 no! You can't have that. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> we probably gotta we gotta get out of here, huh? Yeah, we talked for a while. All right, that was fun though. That Family Guy clip is just so fucking funny. Because <laughs> it's so spot on. Like, anytime you have it, everybody should just, like, you should put that in the show notes. Just include the link to that in the show notes. And anytime somebody gets in an argument with a leftist and they start telling them you're wrong, you just share that with them and be like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you got uh, anything going on this week? Anything you want to plug? Uh, so I got the Jason Rink rescheduled. We are doing that uh, today at uh, here in, in about an hour. So this will come out uh, after Jason and I have gone live. But that'll be 
that'll be my show for Wednesday of this week. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and I, I did a live stream on Friday night that we just shot the shit. I was going to be on with Don, the pleb, uh, Don got sick. So rescheduling with Don and I'm also having Tommy Sammons. We're going to talk about kind of our, um, the evolution of our worldviews and how we kind of look at what's going on, not just from a political standpoint, but also just like life and religion and kids and family and everything else. And just kind of dig into where we used to be when we were younger to where we are now that we're, you know, old grandpas. That's right. You're a grandpa. Congratulations. Dude, we forgot to play the, uh, the coincidence video. Uh, I've got it queued up. We have, I can, we have I time can, for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, just let it roll. That'll be a good. It'll be a good closer for the show. <laughs> Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? You want proper medical care, but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. At the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem. We'll just fix it. That's right. We promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into legal pot and water. And nobody wants that. At Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. We want to operate at the speed of science. There's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Hoffman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. Give your coincidence the attention it deserves, but not the wrong kind of attention. At Kaufman, schedule your appointment today at kaufmancoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciencey sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not a vaccine that caused your coincidence. Kaufman, because coincidences happen pretty much all the time. Official medical partner of the NFL. <laughs> Dude, is that a real website? <laughs> we should. Oh my gosh. Um, I haven't actually. I the, like the getting the excuses, the medically sounding excuses by your friends. Oh my God. That is just so goddamn funny. And it's probably not even that far off from happening. The uh, God, what a what a clown world we're living in. <laughs> anyway, um, if you or somebody you know is suffering from coincidence, you should uh, follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Listen to this podcast. We can clear those coincidences right up uh, on a bi-weekly basis. Actually, we're doing it three times a week now. I think we'll, we'll be back on our uh, regular schedule. Is it a real website? This is the, this is the website. <laughs> Oh, the t-shirt website. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, God. (laughs) If you're not watching the video, you should be. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go over to Rumble and watch the video. (sighs) 
This is amazing. All right. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. yeah, man. That is some funny shit. Funny and sad because there are just, I mean, there are the Sam Harris's of the world that will double no matter what is in front of them. Yeah. And that last clip, he's just like, you know, he says something to the effect that like Brett was right about everything, but he was like, I'd still, he was still being irresponsible. <laughs> like, what, what good is it to be right about everything? And not talk about it in real time like two years later bring up the and he says like yeah i wouldn't he's like if i was talking about uh sorry i know we'll get out of here soon but i was thinking about getting my kid vaccinated and my teenager kid now i would do a cost benefit analysis and blah 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 it's like yeah you would do it now because the brett weinsteins of the world have been proven right but what good is it to to get that two years later after everybody has already taken these things or you know, anyway, the, the the Sam Harris's of the world that are just um, even now that they realize that they were wrong about everything, they're still not going to um, listen to the the people who were so irresponsible about um, I don't know warning about the the dangers of taking a Pfizer drug that hasn't been tested properly. I, I don't know, man. It's a uh, it's hilarious and sad at the same time. So, uh, I don't know. I got nothing really out of the ordinary going on, except that we'll be back on our regular schedule this week. We'll do, uh, do three, should we do three more episodes this week? I'll do one on my own on Wednesday, I think. And then we'll do our Tuesday, Friday. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back on our regularly scheduled thing. And, uh, Ooh, the, the sub stack, I'll be putting that out. The first uh, article for that this week. So pretty excited about that. And uh, that's all I got. Thank you all so very much for listening. Really excited about this year coming up. It's going to be a fantastic 2023. As long as you uh, listen to the Paddling Fiction podcast, share the show, support the show. You can become a supporting listener. I will link to that in the description. And then this Friday is also our um, Friday night happy hour week. So we'll be doing that again. And if you guys can do all that for us, we will be back with a brand new episode for you. Until then, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. <laughs>